Welcome to Two For None, your favourite cricket comedy podcast. My name is Patrick Cullen and I'm here with Alex Spinks, who's the Stuart McGill of Two For None. Spinksy, great to have you with us, mate. Great Thank you very back. much. I feel like I've been upgraded, though. Uh, I feel like I'm now the Manus Labuschagne oh, of Two For None. Yes. Because Chris has been concussed, he's been subbed out, and yeah. I'm just going to come in and keep his seat warm. <laughs> and then Pat Cullen, the Usman Khawaja of cricket, Two for none. Oof. I'm going to push you out soon. Oof. Oof. You know what? I wouldn't be surprised, mate. Such is your tenacity and skill and, and natural inclination for the job. I wouldn't be surprised to see it's you It's just do that. my hunger for podcasts. It's, it's <laughs> like I shadow podcasts in the shower. It's great. One of the most amazing things to come out of the test series, Binksy, has been all of the information about how much Steve Smith shadow bats places. But then since Labashane's come back is how much Labashane shadow bats yeah is they're like oh, I can hear Steve Smith up the hotel hallway and then sometimes it was Marnus <laughs> Smith was asleep Marnus like nah um mate good week to be us uh we won a test match and was it was it good cause it was really good. 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 Yeah, it was, really good. It. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was yeah, a good yeah, time. Yeah. It was a good time. It was a great time. We yeah. liked it a lot. Um, Chris Barty and I, unfortunately, couldn't wrangle ourselves the time to be able to to chat to each other, unfortunately. So, Spinksy, thank you for being available. Thank you for being around. Thank you for being in the room with me. I, re- I really appreciate it. I, I appreciate the fifth chance of proving myself. I uh, mate, you know... Uh, as far as I'm concerned, uh, you're the guy. We have definitely got a conversation to play with me and Heidi Cheadle. Heidi is back. Very good. And a good time for her to be back as Great well. Great time for her to be back. So I've got a conversation with Hides to play for you, ladies and gentlemen. Um, we also have a tape in from Tom Hawkey. So we'll hear from the Hawk in a mere moment to talk about this most recent test. Andy Zeltzman's illegitimate love child. <laughs> It's not confirmed. They have the same voice. Oh, wow. They really do. Spinks, you've come on the pod and done nothing but start conspiracy since you've been here, and I like it. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> Indeed, Tom K. Hawkey is here to give us an English perspective on the most recent test, which Australia won. Um, Heidi Cheadle's here, and allegedly, Chris Barty tells me that he's going to send me a... He's going to send me a some kind of recording... Um, in the next hour or so. I'm giving him every minute to do that, but there is a good chance we won't get anything from Chris. Uh, We'll just have to play that by ear, ladies and gentlemen. That's how sort of fast and loose we roll here on Two for None, Spinksy. Um, It's a sort of fast and loose life that we lead. It is. I'm enjoying it. It's a very bandito way of approaching cricket podcasts. It's a very bandito way of approaching cricket podcasts. I completely agree. Um, Mate, would you like to hear the conversation that I had with Heidi Cheadle a little earlier? Yeah, I would love to. Okay, let's it's let's fire nothing it up, but folks. positive stories. Let's fire it up. Here's Heidi Cheadle and myself talking about women's cricket. It's time for some women's world. It's time for some women's cricket. And joining me is none other than the one and only Heidi Cheadle. Heidi, how are you, man? Great to have you back on the show. Oh, hello, 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 oh, hello, hello. hello. I'm, very, I'm, I'm very happy to be here talking about the greatest game ever. <laughs> Hold up, hey. Hold up, hey. Yes, Spinksy. Heidi just said that this is the greatest game in the world. And yeah. And you laughed. Why is it funny that this is the greatest game in the world? Uh, no, that's that's absolutely accurate from Hyde's. My laughter there was mainly due to her delivery of that. She's excited. Yeah. It's the greatest game in the world. I was just vibing off her energy. I am upset. <laughs> Cricket is no joke. And Heidi has given up her dang time. To talk about the greatest game in the world, and you laughed in her face. Yeah, I, I don't want to. I don't want to felt like that's Minxie. I, I want to feel like that. I uh, I took the energy she was giving and I upped it by ten. She's Australian, of course. She's positive. <laughs> Let's get back to it. Here she is. It's what a time. It looks like there's been there's been some heat in Antigua. Um, Elise Perry's kicking on. Uh, some World Cup qualifiers happening over in Scotland. Am I right about that? Um, you are right about that. Yeah. Holy moly, Heidi! Holy moly! Just give me a give me a bit of a an overview for yourself, mate. Where where have you been? Where's the women's game been? What's what the heck's going on? Well, I mean, firstly, how great are Australia at cricket? Yeah, <laughs> very mean, good. 
Very we, good, Heidi. The girls are, are killing it, killing it. And, I mean, Elise Perry, obviously, I think actually saw something about she's had several not-out innings, so her average must be skyrocketing. Um, Last six scores in international cricket, she's not been dismissed. There so you she's go, got there you go. 355 cool. runs off 387 balls without being dismissed. Ah, uh, that's like, that's, that's stupid. It's actually <laughs> genuinely that wild. It is wild. <laughs> Hold up, hey. Like, I know that I'm joking about that there in my conversation with Hides earlier in the day, but Spinksy, how good is Elise Perry? Like, like the last time she was dismissed was for 112. It was in the, the one test for the Women's Ashes earlier in the year, and it was 112-ish. It was over 100. She got out, and she has not been dismissed since. Prime Minister? Prime Minister. Yeah, Prime Minister. Prime Minister. I mean... Oh, wait, no. She just defected to Victoria, so Deputy Prime Minister. Deputy PM. Deputy Deputy PM. Deputy PM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, she's absolutely amazing. Like, she, she has to be easily our most gifted sports person in the country. She's represented Australia for football and for cricket. She has scored three international goals. She's played in a World Cup for football and for cricket. Easily our most talented sportsman. I meant to ask this to Heidi, but I didn't. Um, but I'm going to ask you, Spinks. Do you think she's the Bradman of women's cricket? Do you think she's the Bradman? No, Bradman couldn't bowl. Good point. <laughs> Great point, Spinks. Yeah, 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 also, yeah, yeah. That's accurate. He couldn't bowl. Like oh, let's get back show. to it like, here, folks. Here we go. Midge and Meg and Ash. Everyone. They're just. It's. It's kind of nice. They kind of take it in turns to be superstars. So I'm sure. Rachel Haynes will be around the corner from three million runs or something ridiculous. <laughs> Do you want to guess I'm what leaving. Elise Perry's test average is, Hides? Just like while you're here. Oh, goodness. Um, oh, Have a shot I don't know, like 80? You, you know what? 78. You're really oh, close. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, me too. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I average as well. I average 78. I always have. She averages 78 with a bat in um, test cricket and she averages 52 in ODIs. So um, that's that's pretty sensational. Uh, Hides, what are your thoughts about the West Indies side though, mate? We've beaten them in the first two ODIs um, of the series that's being played over there in the Caribbean at the moment. Um, Where's West Indian women's cricket been? Um, what, What are they at? What's their deal? Well, um, I think I think they've been missing a few players though, like a few big names. So I think that's probably shaken the team. Sure. Um, and maybe that's you know part of the reason. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like we scored a lot, a lot of runs. Yeah, big time. But I think I think missing some key players for them, you know, that's got to be tough. That's tough for any team. So I think they're just kind of hanging in with what they've got. Um, and. Yeah, hopefully we can get a bit more like a competitive total to play against. But I still think I listened to this interview with Elise Perry and she's like, look, we still got to work on stuff that makes us the best team regardless of what the other team are doing. And, you know, you can, you can only do so much, especially if you are missing, you know, some of your, your big scorers or your wicket takers. Yeah, absolutely. And a couple of key injuries there can really decimate any side. As a, yeah. You know, as a player is being removed, can decimate any side. As, a, as we, the men's team, found out um, losing Smith and Warner for a couple of months there really put a bit of a dent in the old run scoring. Um, <laughs> but Hyde's... Patrick, you wouldn't be talking about boys' cricket in a women's special. Thank you, Heidi. Great point. Yeah, I'll, I'll rein myself Well played. In. Thank you so much. Um, let's talk about Actually, Ben. Actually, I will say as well with the West Indies, it must be... It must be a bit tough as well, losing on sort of home soil there as well. So It's never nice. Yeah, hold up, Pat. Love in Australia. Yes, Spinksy. Yeah, like with the West Indies women's team is that they, they have almost mirrored the West Indies men's team in that they have a lot of T20 specialists and a lot of West Indies women's players come out and play the WBBL. Indeed. And whatnot. But when it comes to like ODIs or the tests, and this is an ODI series that the uh, women's teams are going through at the moment, is that they can smash 80, but they can't graft 130. And so like Elise Perry and like Meg Lenning came into form towards the end of the Ashes after it was already one Meg. (laughs) But there's grafting 110, 120 runs off 130 balls or smashing 80 or 50. And that's, that's a West Indies specialty. 
is the Chris Gale style and the Braithwaite style. Andre Russell, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Andre, whatever happened to Andre Russell? Where's his international career? I believe he's getting his hair done. Is he? Yeah. It does take a couple of weeks. It would take a little while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the West Indies women's team, like, it mirrors that as well. Like, they, they are exceptional T20 batsmen and T20 bowlers. But when it comes to one-day games and to tests, uh, when the women's teams do get to play tests, is the grafting nature of batting is kind of missing from a lot of the countries, even England at the moment, as we saw. Mm. Mm. In the most recent test series against Australia. Good insight, Spinksy. Thanks very much, mate. Let's uh, let's get back to Hides here. Rooting for everyone, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's, the, that's what I love about you, Hides, is you're very generous to oppositions. Um, mate, do we need to be worried about Beth Mooney? She had to retire her due to heat exhaustion um, from the looks of things. Is I mean, Beth Mooney, friend of the pod, is that something we need to be concerned about um, for the rest <laughs> of the series? Um, look... It's happened once before with Beth Mooney. So I'm kind of of thinking maybe an extra liter of water and a concrete milkshake would help. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, Look, I don't know. Somebody call up FedEx. We've got to send Beth a package. We're putting it in the mail. (laughs) Heidi's knocked her up a concrete milkshake, folks. Watch out, Beth. It's coming. I'm just kidding. I still support you. Uh, that's that's strange to hear, though. Obviously, she'd like get through some fluids. I mean, she still hit a 50 um, in that. In uh, that yeah, that's first it. Game. Like she's still performing. So, like at Scram, and we had a we had a feels like 43 degree day a couple of seasons ago, and I remember absolutely losing my mind with the heat. It was the worst. So the struggle is so so real. Yeah, hold um, up, but hey. she's still getting run. It is 44. Five degrees in the West Indies. This is like that's hot, ridiculous temperature. I understand she had to retire from heat exhaustion before, but so has Joe Root, so has Chris Gale, so has mm. Vafter cheating Plessis. <laughs> like we are human, we're not immune. And she hit fifty six before she had to go. This, we're being a bit harsh on Beth Mooney. <laughs> Great sledging from Hides, though. Yeah. Come on, great Come on. sledging from Heidi. Be nice. No, I, don't, I mean, I mean, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. But like, that, this is like ridiculous temperatures to play cricket in. Yeah, it's too hot. Isn't it, it? it is too hot. Like, even um, even Dean Jones, who hit like one of the most amazing centuries in, in Australian cricket lore, where he was dehydrated as anything, double hundred, I think. Where I believe he so, yeah. Dehydrated as anything, has come out and said, if it's 41 degrees Celsius, we are not playing cricket. And in which case, huge credit to Beth Mooney for me out to push through and hit 57. Yeah, 50, 56, 57 off yeah. 70-odd. Amazing. Like, don't be so harsh on Beth. <laughs> I like Beth. She's my choice for next keeper. She should take the gloves now, if anyone's going to be honest. Wow. But she is, Contentious, Spinksy. She is a great cricketer, and I think we're being a bit too unkind. All right. All right. So Let's hear some more. She's a machine. Yeah. And look, that, that first game was just wild. I mean, we made 308. Two for 308, thanks to Elise Perry's 112 not out. Um, 50s from Healy, Beth Mooney, and uh, Ashley Gardner. Ash Gardner's been in some really strong form, huh? Like, she had a strike rate of 228. She got 57 off 25, Hides. 57 off 25. It's it's so nice, too, because I think all the players before her paved the way for her to be able to bat that way. Like, she didn't have to go out and and build an inning. She could just see ball, hit ball, and that's what she does so, so well. Mm. Uh, And she had the support of her team because there were already heaps of runs on the board and, you know, just came together. I mean, she was smoking sixes and uh, it's just, I just, I'm like, yeah, cool. Like, you... You've got this. You deserve to be in that colourful shirt that you're wearing. Uh, and big credit to Georgia Wareham. Hides the ball. Um, got two yeah, for 29 yeah. off 10. She's she's incredibly young, isn't she, as well, Georgia Wareham? She's only about yeah, 10 years old. She, she's, she's just doing more and more good things every game, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah, and Megan Schutt, mate. I saw some footage of Megan Schutt this week in a state game. Um, bowled an in-swinger that approximately moved 14 kilometres um, <laughs> from <laughs> from <laughs> outside off to the stumps. Uh, the poor batter knew precisely nothing about it. Um, 
the ball has since given her a uh, scholarship to university to go and read up on stuff because uh, she's going to need it. Um, it was oh. obscene is what it was from Megan Schultz. That so, is, that, yeah. She's wild at that. There's, there's no comparison. She's top of the game in that respect. That's just insane. How does she do it? I would love to be able to like do what she does and bowl a ball that lands off the pitch hitting leg stump. Yeah, that would be – That's. I mean, that's what I dream about myself too, Huds. Um, uh, Stephanie Taylor, who I think played uh, some some WBBL last year, yep. if my memory serves, yep. um, and did pretty well over there, got a 21. Um, Kenosha Knight got a 32. But outside of that, it was pretty lean pickings um, for the poor old Windies. Um, and in, in the second game too, it was another story of Australian dominance. Alyssa Healy got 122. Meg Lanning got 121. Um, Elise Perry, 33, not out. I mean, I'm starting to feel like, and I, I'm sure opposition captains are feeling like this too, but bowling to this Australian lineup of batters must just be severely daunting. Um, oh, yeah, and like two for taking two wickets and sitting out there in the heat for 300 runs worth, that is the worst. Oh, yeah, it's chasing a lot of leather, Hides. That's you're, that, you're yeah. chasing a lot of red ball, a white ball there, aren't you? That's that's going to be a really rough day in that's the park. That's like standing at the very bottom of a very, very, very tall hill. <laughs> <laughs> very tall hill. And Big mountain. In the second game there where, you know, we, we made 308 and then sent them into bat and immediately got two wickets inside five balls um, to Schutt and Perry. Um, Elise Perry ended up picking up three for in that game. Of course she did. Of course she did. I mean, you know, Stephanie Taylor mentioned previously made a 70 not out, but everybody else fell by the wayside there. Um, uh, Hides, with all that in mind, do you think the Windies can bounce back for the third game and maybe make a bit more of a competitive score? Do you reckon they have it in them? Ah, look. Pat, the only way is up, I think. <laughs> you got nothing to lose. Have a crack. Um, but, you know, I actually re I really like Stephanie Taylor. I love watching her. I think she's so chill. Um, so I, I totally back her to get runs and, and wickets for sure. Absolutely. Um, um, Australia, we're just on fire, man. We're just also, on fire. let's take a moment yes. to uh, raise a glass. Mm hmm to Erin Burns. Yeah. And Cheers. Getting Cheers her, indeed. Getting a, I saw the presentation that Elise Perry gave her her cap oh. and like literal chills. Literal <laughs> chills. All over my body. So great. Like what an exciting, exciting like she's been around the game forever playing breakers and you know, she's so fit and she when she did the in the Sixers game last BBL where she came out of nowhere to stop the four to make it a tie. Like she's just she's always been around and now to get the knock hey. the cap and get I am a Sixers fan, mm. and that was one of the most crushing moments in domestic <laughs> cricket I have seen for so long. What happened? So, the Sixers were meant to win. They were. They are a God's gift team. They have an amazing players. As soon as they got the tie, it was the first WBBL to go to a super over, and we fluffed it because oh. of Taylor. Wow, she is incredible. She's an incredible. She's in a rubbish team, but she's incredible. <laughs> I was so upset. I was so upset. It's like watching Queensland win every state of origin ever. Oh, it's that bad? It's that it? bad. It's Holy that moly. bad. Sorry, I'm just really upset. Really okay, bad. okay, yeah, no, I hear you. Let's get back to Heidi. Here, here we go. Presented by like one of her probably closest friends. I was like, just chills. Oh, that sounds like tears were shed. Tears would have been shed about that one across the country, maybe across the land, across the world. Um, across the world, definitely. Mate, talk to me about the WT20 qualifiers that just went down in Scotland. Ah, um, uh, yes. What are your thoughts there? Bangladesh looked like they won uh, with Thailand in second place. Yeah, I think actually think Bangladesh were the favourites, so good for them pulling through. Yep, um, yep, and then love that. I'll be honest, Thailand was a bit of a shock for me. I wasn't really sure what to expect. I know the last qualifiers, I think Ireland came out with the W. Um, and so I was kind of thinking, you know, I could be reunited with some of my mates next March. Yeah. But, um, Laura Delaney, friend of the pod. And, yeah, friend of the pod. Yeah, shout out. <laughs> um, and look, that, you know, there was, I think, you know, 
it's you know it's a tough competition. There's a lot on the line, and you know it doesn't always go your way. And I think it came against Thailand and Ireland. It came down to like I think the last ball. Oof. They needed sort of two runs, and they they took the wicket. So it was like two runs versus one wicket, and and Thailand came out on top. So every credit to them. That's incredible. I've never seen Thailand play cricket before. So that's. That's good as well, but I'm to- I'm gutted for Ireland, and my heart goes out to everyone on the team because that would have been kind of sad. Yeah, would have been really devastating. It's great to see that the uh, the United States have a team, though. Hearts. Oh, I'm pleased. I'm pleased that you said that because um, me doing my massive preseason. Yeah. I uh, I ran into a young girl, Mahika, who is um, I believe Indian born but Texas raised. Ah. And- so we were kind of having a net together, and she's like, "Oh no, I play for I play for America," and I was like, "Ah, oh, cool." <laughs> so she, I was like, "That's pretty hectic." She's just turned eighteen. She's a wee child. No and, way. Um, she was going over the qualifiers, and I was like, "She's you know she's out in Australia studying for uh, uni for four years." So I was no like, way. "Well, where are you going to be playing?" So hopefully, I'm going to get another Gordon International going. Oh, heights. That's awesome. I know. So she, yeah, so she's just touched down back from Scotland and, and ready to come, come play for us, hopefully. Mate, feel her out. See if she wants to have a chat on the pod. We'd love to hear some about her experiences. Um, oh, in, in yeah, the great Cup. idea. Yeah, when she's down at training, right. just just poke your nose in there. See if she's keen. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just lay the foundation for us. I would love it if you laid some foundations there, Hides. I'd love maybe, that. Maybe we need to get Elle Delaney back on the pod for the post- yeah. T20 qualifiers. Yeah, I'd love that too. I'd love that too. Um, maybe maybe the three of you need your own spin-off podcast and I'll just like hey. set up the microphones and, and sit in the corner. <laughs> maybe maybe that's a vibe. Maybe that's that's a vibe. <laughs> All right, Hearts, I'm going to let you go, mate. But thank you so much for checking in with us. I'm going to um, – I'll have another chat to you after the next – um, test and we'll we'll make sure we're getting you back on the pod and we'll have to do a full episode of women's cricket um, before the domestic season starts in a couple of weeks once this ridiculous summer of ashes and nonsense is all over hides I think that might be a jam what do you reckon that that might be the go 100 percent Dude, thank there's you so much. There's lots, lots of cricket happening, man. We've got to get amongst it. And mate, there's been so much cricket. I, you know, as a, as a sole podcasting boy, it's it's been a lot. Um, but I'm holding it together. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm fighting through. I'd say thank you so much, mate. You're a legend. And I'll speak to you in a week or so. All right. Look forward to it. See ya. Bye, Hides. Thank you. Big thank you to Heidi Cheadle for being available to chat to us on the pod. Love having Hides back in and around it. Spinksy, your thoughts around uh, women's cricket currently, mate? Anything coming to mind? Oh, I'm absolutely adoring it because we are smashing it. By we, we, I mean they, and they are great. But by they, I mean we, and we are killing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? I'm absolutely with you there. Um, I think Australian women's cricket now is so good it's 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 irresistible yeah, you know like in 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 about you know hopefully less than 10 years but in about 10 years time when we've got a worldwide women's game which is as followed as the men's game mm. we will look back at this era of australian cricket in the same way we look back at the steve war era of yeah. australian cricket yeah, like yeah we yeah, have yeah. meg lanning is our wonderfully stoic batting robot yeah and she is a machine she guides that team extremely well. We have an amazing all-rounder in Elise Perry yeah. who is just knocking runs for fun and taking the odd three, four, five wickets a game. We have Alyssa Healy who is just an amazing Adam Gilchrist replicate, opening the batting, great keeper, amazing player all-round. But then you've got people like Rachel Haynes, the vice-captain, who's mm. great. Beth Mooney, who's an amazing keeper, yeah. great batter, suffers from heat stroke. Don't yeah. hold it against her. <laughs> She's amazing. <laughs> like we have, like the Australian women's team right now is just phenomenal. Mm. Like the best cricketers we've ever seen in the women's game all play for Australia. Yeah, it's kind of wild that we're all on the same side. Like we are spoiled. Yeah, it's it's kind of you know what? In a lot of ways, it's difficult to comprehend just how good 
that side is, but they are truly exceptional. Yeah, and you look at like the viewership figures for the WBBL last season. Yeah. They like it was like on ten online only. Da da da. It's the highest viewership for any ten only online program ever. Yeah, wow. Like the viewership for the WBBL went through the roof last season, and that's because of the players that we have at hand. That the like Steph Taylor and stuff that we have playing in this competition. It's amazing. People want to watch this cricket. And it's so exciting because we win all the time. We keep winning and it's great. And I love winning. Speaking of winning, Spinks, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but um, largely off the back of Stephen Devereaux-Smith. Peter uh, Devereaux-Smith. Thank you so much. Uh, Stephen Peter Devereaux-Smith and uh, Paddy Cummins. Australia won an Ashes Test match. Oh, no, no, no. As I'm sure we're going to hear, we haven't won an Ashes series. We yet. haven't won the series yet, Smixie. I didn't say that. I okay, said we won okay, an Ashes okay. Test match. Okay, okay. We won the fourth Test. Yeah, we did. Putting us two one up yeah, with one did. Test to play, meaning yeah, that Australia has retained the Ashes for the first time in 18 years. Yeah, we have. Yeah, we have. Yeah, we have. Ah, yeah. <laughs> um. Spinksy, before we cut to Tom Hawkey, our English correspondent, who's going to give us some perspective from that side of things, can I get yours, mate? Uh, how do you feel? What are your thoughts? What are your initial general thoughts after this test match? Uh, literally, my first thought at around 1.30am Monday morning was, I can't wait to hear what Hawkey's going to say. <laughs> That's a beautiful thing, Spinksy. I sent him a message. Did you? He didn't respond. <laughs> I know he was awake. I know he was awake. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> All right. Well, in that case, let's cut straight to Tom and for a British bulletin and see what <laughs> TK has to say about the most recent test match where Australia run by 185 runs at Manchester. Here is Tom K. Hawkey. Hi there. Tom K. Hawkey here with another bulletin from a Brit. Over the course of the last week, I've actually found religion. If you permit me, I'd like to read a passage from my new Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, the earth was formless and empty. Hold up, hey! I Hold up, Spinksy. I spat the beer I was drinking just now out of my nose. Oh... Because, 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 Jesus Christ was crucified, right? Mm, that's around right early 2018, and then Jesus Christ was resurrected at the first test this year. Are you comparing uh, Stephen Smith to Jesus, there, Spigsy? Yes, I am. I'm going to leave you alone yeah. in that comparison, but yeah. I love where your heads yeah. are. And Hawkey's found him. Okay, okay, okay. Let's let's go back to Tom. <laughs> Holy moly. <laughs> was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. God saw, thanks to the light, that Steve Smith was already batting and 67 not out. Okay, so I'm not religious. In fact, I'm about as atheist as they come. The only miracles I believe in are performed by Ben Stokes, although he does maintain the religious air by performing them only on Sundays. Very good. Not so on this particular Sunday, though. His nick behind for one, and much more importantly, having seen off only 17 out of 588 balls, was a key moment in this draw chase. Despite others batting for much longer, especially Denley, Butler, Overton and Leach, this match had already been killed off on day four. Pat Cummins blew away England's best batsman from the first innings by taking Burns and Root with successive balls. England had experimented by moving Jason Roy to four, but he found himself facing the fifth ball of the innings without the actual opener Denley facing a ball. Cricket can be truly bizarre sometimes. My wife looked over as the final wicket fell. How's it going? she asked. We just lost the ashes, I replied. Oh, sorry for your loss, she said dramatically, <laughs> using a death analogy to mock how seriously I take this sport. The joke's on her, though. She doesn't realise that losing the ashes doesn't stop there being a fifth test. However, it really didn't feel quite as crushing as her mock eulogy suggested. 
I think that deep down I realised we were never really in this Ashes. To still be technically in with the chance of winning the series as we moved into the last hour of the last day of the fourth test is flattering to an England side full of issues. Hold up, hey. come so And this is it, Spinksy. And this is it, mate. Like, Chris Barty said this on a pod a little while ago. Uh, Stokes's effort at Headingley. Oh, do you like Stokes? Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. We need to do this now. Spinksy, I'm Does so- Chris like Stokes? Yeah, 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 do, do, yeah. Does Chris and Pat like Stokes? Yeah, we do. We're, do we're, you know what? Yeah, what? I like Stokes. Yeah, I know you do, I mate. I was ridiculed for liking you Stokes. Were, was you I? Were, you were definitely ridiculed. I, I, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the conversation <laughs> went is he is a good cricketer. We should like him, but we don't. And now, then mm. he single-handedly yes. beat us in a test match. Yeah, he did. I wanted an apology. I'm sorry, Spinks. Are you though? Yeah, I am. Okay, cool. Because it turns out. That you were right. That that Ben Stokes is actually amazing. F- yeah, he's freaking incredible. He's the best all rounder that's lived for thirty years. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. Um, he's and and you know you said this in your bulletin that time when I sledged you raucously. Um, oh, I didn't hear it. Sorry, what no, are you, you talking did. About? Oh, you okay. did because you just quoted it. You oh, sucker. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Outside of the fact that you quoted it. Yeah, Dang yeah, it. yeah, 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 Dang yeah, 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 yeah. Um. He's an incredible fielder. He's an incredible bowler, and he's an extraordinary batsman. On his fielding, just quickly, yes, is the the almost chance of Steve Smith last test. Yeah, where he's fielding at slip. He's the only slip to Jack Leach. This isn't the no ball one. This is another one where, as soon as the ball's coming in, Steve Smith has reshaped his legs to do a reverse sweep. And this mirrors a Steve Smith wicket in an ODI match about four years ago. Where Smith actually took it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah where I he was. It. Steve Smith was leg slip, saw, I think it was Eunice Khan shaping up for a reverse sweep and ran from leg slip to gully. Yeah. To catch it. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ben Stokes did the exact same thing, but fluffed it. But still, <laughs> but the intention was pure. And yeah. I like that's his, that's his fielding ability. That's his ability to read a game, to see a batsman, to read a bowler, to see what's coming. He's really good. He's really good. He's really good. What was your point? I forgot. I can't remember now because we spent 20 minutes talking about Ben Stokes. But what I will say is that um, Ben Stokes is an extraordinary cricketer. And I think you're absolutely right that Stokes is probably the the best cricket the best all-rounder of a generation definitely the best all fast bowling all-rounder we've seen oh, in living he? memory oh i don't know that. yeah 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 oh. yeah yeah i can't remember what tom was talking about now so we're just gonna have to go back to the tape <laughs> and jump back in because so, i got really distracted let's jump back in here's tom oh boy deep into the series is thanks to a few key performances that have papered over the cracks the really rather massive cracks. Now I remember. Hold, hold, up, hold, up, hold, up, hold up, hold up, The point I was trying to make, Spinksy, <laughs> before you distracted me raucously, the point I was trying to make was that outside of uh, Stokes' extraordinary performance at Headingley, which was extraordinary, mm. Australia have had the wood over England significantly. And, mm. well, you say, mm, but tell me, I mean, ladies and gentlemen, in case you haven't worked this out yet, Spinksy and I have been at the pub this afternoon <laughs> before we've recorded this podcast. I'm just being honest with you here and now. We've had a couple of beers and we've talked a lot of cricket. And at the pub, Spinksy, you were telling me about what this series would be like if we removed Steve Smith from it. Because that's been a lot of the chat. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh- Sorry. Please. No, I'd like you to continue. A a lot of the chat has been, if you take, like Joe Root even said it in one of his uh, post-match press conferences where he lost, which was great. Yeah, it was very good. Where he said, if you take Smith out, we're really even. And that's not true. You take Steve Smith out and you take Ben Stokes out, then your batting lineup is really even. Because Ben Ben Stokes has saved one test match and he's won one test match. Steve Smith has won one test match and then got hit in the head in one test match and has now won a second one. He's he's on another level. But if you take Ben Stokes and you take Steve Smith out, the batting lineups are fragile and they're not great. So for Hawkey to say that England's bad England's batting lineup has massive cracks is true. <laughs> 
but it's also equivocal to the Australian batting lineup for sure because uh, Rory Burns has got one century this he does. series yeah Matthew Wade has one century cool that's like for like out Joe Roots had a couple of half centuries uh, Travis Heads Travis Heads had a couple of sure half Travis Heads take yep. him out Joe Denley's got a few Manus has got a few take them out like it's like for like down the order Bearstow and Butler is where you run into trouble yeah when you, when you hit your number six when you hit your like what is Joss Butler a specialist number seven mate what is Joss Butler doing in this side no, I love Joss Butler sure I think he's a one amazing player he's extraordinary speed. he's just so infuriating across the board but all of that aside like he's literally playing less good than Mitchell Stark and Pat Cummins with the WAT, and yeah. that is not good yeah but yes bat for bat like for like Take all the top six out. You have a fairly even, like they're they're fairly even across each other. But it's the bowling lineup where the where everything shifts. Mm. So like Pat Cummins got twenty four wickets from uh, four games. Stuart Broad's got nineteen from four. Yeah. So Pat Cummins is the best bowler by far. Stuart Broad is the next best bowler. Then you got Josh Hazelwood and Jofra Archer both on eighteen from three tests. Yeah. Cool. So Australia's second best bowler is only marginally less good one wicket less good than England's best bowler right 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 so our first best is five wickets in front of their first best yeah our second best is equal to their second best our third best who Pattinson Siddle Stark whoever it is is going at less than three runs and over whereas their third best which is Chris Wokes who should be dead or injured to not be in this (laughs) squad I have to say this. Who? Ed Smith. So, you know Ed Smith? I don't know him personally, Spinksy. No. Tell me about him. Chairman of Selectors, Mm. Ed Smith. Yeah. Ed Smith and Andrew Strauss, who run English cricket right now, need to have killed Chris Wokes for him not to be in this squad. (laughs) Need to have murdered him. Craig Overton? Okay. Are you kidding me? Okay, take it easy, mate. What's your problem with Overton? No, 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 okay. All right. I I got a point to make. I got a point to make. Yes, he can block 80 balls. So can Chris Wokes. <laughs> I, I, I was looking up in preparation for this pod. Mm. How fast does Craig Overton bowl? And literally every Google search sent me to how fast does Jamie Overton bowl? Craig Overton's twin brother who bowls at 90 mile an hour. Yeah, wow. And can hit sixes as far as Brett Lee. He is that kind of bowler. And he's that kind of batsman. But... His less fast, less talented brother gets the nod into Mm. the English cricket team. I am so upset. Chris Wokes was their best performer all round by far in the first two tests. Yeah, I mean, he's got nine wickets being seen. He's averaging 29. I mean, that's not horrific by any means. Averaging 29. He, like, there is, I think, only four bowlers in this series averaging below 30. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. We're talking about Archer Hazelwood, Broadcom, and Scythe. But we drop him for Craig. <laughs> Remember Craig? I love Craig. <laughs> Craig Overton, folks, just for your stats, Google. Two wickets. There. He's got two wickets at 53. The only thing to his record is he scored an Ed Cowan. An Ed Cowan? Faced 100 balls and scored 10 runs. <laughs> I love that. It's a very obscure Australian cricket joke, and I really enjoy it. Um, Spinksy, let's hear some more from Tom, and we'll come back. Here we go. Steve Smith has been the main difference between the two teams. Ah, just as we mentioned. He has 671 runs and only needs 304 in the last match to overturn Bradman's record. There are two remarkable things about that sentence. The first is that nobody would bet against Steve Smith managing to score 304 runs in one match. The second is that if he did manage that ridiculous feat, he'd overturn Bradman's record having missed three innings of the series. Wow. However, to say that Smith has been the sole difference would be a disservice to the rest of the Aussie team. Hold up, hey. Bradman only ever had to bat once. How do you mean? Well, when Bradman scored 350 runs in a series, like in his greatest test series, yeah. five match series, he only batted six innings. So he was so good, he batted less innings than Steve Smith will have if he equals this record. Wow. Just in defense of Bradman. 
<laughs> I, I love Steve Smith so much, but in defense of Bradman. <laughs> it's not often that you have to say the sentence, in defense of Bradman. He was an all right cricketer. He was a pretty good cricketer, yeah, Spinksy. He was good, but um, in defense of him, <laughs> he was so good, he only ever had to bat once. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty punchy. Also, I mean, you said it to me at the pub, Spinksy, but that... 304 runs to get. You don't feel like that's out of the reach of um, Devereaux. No, um, like it, Smith. It, it is. It will be the most he's ever scored in a match. Like his uh, runs in the last test match, 293, is the most he's ever scored in one test. But that's always been a test that they need to win. Mm. So this is my theory. Okay, hit me. Australia loses the toss. Ooh. They bat second. No, Joe Root thinks his side can bat. <laughs> We bowl them out. Third session of the first day. Steve Smith then bats for three days. Wow. Scores 500. Oh. Equals Brian Lara's first class record. Wow. We declare. Wow. We have three sessions to bowl out England. Twice. And that seems quite easy. And we do it. There. He's got the record. 1,200 runs in a test series. Wow. Holy moly, Spinksy. I love it. Let's get back to Tom. In virtually every department, Australia have had the edge. Except, of course, the openers. Australia's average first wicket partnership is a paltry 7.75 compared to England's mighty (laughs) 10.63. It's a hollow victory. And this is a department we desperately need to improve on fast. Rory Burns has looked good, if a little inconsistent, though I have fallen in love with his ridiculous batting stance. Left-handed and left-eye dominant, he sort of twists his head round over his shoulder while he squats down and sticks his ass out. It's beautiful. Hold up, hey, Spinks. In your memory and all the time you spent watching cricket, have you seen a bigger crab than that bloke? Like, outside of KP, no. But KP was six foot five. Yeah. Like, he needed to squat just to be able to reach the ball. Like, that's the biggest crab I've ever seen. Burns. <laughs> I mean, mate, Alaska called and they want their crabs back, you know. The March of the Crabs is in spring. I believe so. Yeah. yeah so, you've missed the boat, Rory. It, Rory I'm, I'm really sorry. I'm terribly sorry, mate. But all the, 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 the crabs are gone, right? <laughs> is mean, that... It, the crabs have... The crabs are gone should be good news. Right. But that's if it's coming from your doctor. I can't. <laughs> if Back he can to continue Tom. to improve, that's half the equation solved. However, neither Joe Denley nor Jason Roy is the other half of that equation. Denley feels like a player who might never make a test century. He makes 20 to 50 runs but looks so sketchy while doing so. And it sort of feels like Jason Roy has dropped more catches than scored runs. I love him when he hits white balls, but I never want to see him playing in whites again. The Aussie pacemen have been spellbinding. Whilst the English bowlers have had their moments, they've not fired together often enough. Their skill has come in fits and starts compared to the relentless onslaught from the Aussies. Losing Jimmy Anderson, the greatest pace bowler in history in terms of wickets taken, four overs into the series was a huge blow. England's bowling reserve just couldn't match Australia's. Whoever came in for the Aussies kept up the pressure, and the ball seemed to forever be zeroing in on the very top of the off stump, at pace and moving around. I'll leave you guys to wax lyrical about just how good Pat Cummins has been in particular. Yeah, thank you, TK, for that beautiful opportunity to do exactly that. Spinksy, um, how good is Paddy Cummins? Yeah, is I. Like- so, uh, you, Paddy Cullen, sent me a message the other day saying, who do I like more, mm. Steve Smith or Paddy Cummins? Yes. And I had to say is that my favourite batsman from when I was a kid was Steve Waugh and my favourite bowler from when I was a kid was Glenn McGrath. Mm. Steve Smith has superseded Steve Waugh. Holy moly. Pat Cummins is maybe getting to where Glenn McGrath was. Yeah. So, I have to say Steve Smith. But Paddy Cummins is amazing. How great was that ball? The bold Joe Root 
at the end of day four. Yeah, I was reading an article about uh, how Peter Siddle has had the greatest effect on the bowling team for Australia this time around. Interesting. In what way? So, he was included in this tour. He played a couple of games, yes, but he's played in England for ages. He is the bowler for conditions and he played with Alistair Cook. For three seasons. Holy moly. Okay. And Alistair Cook has been the captain of Jimmy Anderson and Stuart Broad for many, Generations. Many Since the start of time, I believe. And so, what the way this bowling is, it's about the wobbly seam. The wobbly seam. Not the mm. perfect straight seam, not the Glenn McGrath seam, not the Stuart Clark seam, da 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 But it comes from Stuart Clark, is where English bowling has progressed for about eight years, is Stuart Clark in an Ashes series in England bowled a wobbly seam which just got natural variation it wasn't swinging heaps but sometimes it would hit the seam and bounce left it would bounce right or it would bounce true spinning yeah i love this can you just explain what you mean by that so instead of a, instead of the perfect straight seam where you're trying to bowl it into the deck and hope the straight seam will bounce in or bounce out you bowl a wobbly seam so the batsman can't pick the bounce they can't pick the variation. Right, right, right. So right. It's, it's on about a 45 degree angle. It's rolling over and it will bounce left or it will bounce right. Yep, yep, Stuart yep, yep, Clark yep. did that, got a lot of batsmen out and Jimmy Anderson went, ooh, I'm going to do that. Hello. I'm going to do that. Buenos dias. He did. And then he went away, practiced that. Uh, Pakistani seamer named Mohammed Amir. Oh, yeah. Very, heard of very him. young, yeah, 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 very, yeah. very amazing Zing, bowler. Extraordinary bowler. Use yeah. that. It was his go-to bowl. was just the 45-degree angle, wobbly seam. It'll go left, it'll go right. If I don't know where it's going, How's you don't know where it's going. To know, yeah. Exactly. So, Jimmy Anderson perfected that about six years ago off Stuart Clark. And then that became his go-to ball and Stuart Broad's go-to ball for years and years and years and years and years. And Paddy Cummins has used that exact weapon yeah. to his own advantage. And Peter Siddle learnt that ball from playing with Alistair Cook. Right. Because he had England's captain in his domestic county cricket team. And Alistair Cook was teaching him this ball because there's the one wonderful thing about cricketers is in domestic cricket, they all help each other out. They're all collegiate. You're in your, our team. We'll teach. We'll help. We'll do that. Now, Alistair Cook was talking about this ball. Peter Siddle learnt it. He practised it for three seasons. He's now in this squad and he's played bowling coach to the rest of the Australian lineup. And Hazelwood and Cummins have listened, even Stark, have listened and learned and played this ball. So this is a big rant from me, but it's one of the few times that I'm going to talk up a man that we haven't talked on this podcast a lot about. A man called Pat Howard. Pat Howard got a, he's actually a rugby guy. I believe he played outside center for the Wallabies for a period of time. He Pat did. Howard. And then he got a job as a high performance manager for the Australian cricket team. And that, which was... It seemed like a very strange job. Uh, for those of you who aren't across this, um, it's rare for Australian cricket to give high-profile jobs to people who aren't involved with Australian cricket over their yeah, whole life. Yeah, exterior sportsmen don't exist to the cricket lineup. That's correct. After the last Ashes defeat in England, they started thinking about this Ashes tour. And what they did was organise an Australia A tour to organise to have multiple players in county teams um, learning from English players. Mm. And of course, there was a lot of the lineup was already in for the World Cup. But what I really wanted to point to, Spinksy, was how different the preparation has been for Australia on this tour. Yeah, definitely. How much of a difference that's made and how we need that for, say, India or even the West Indies or every other country that we travel to, even New Zealand. That it's absurd to ask professional sportsmen to arrive in a different country with completely different conditions, with completely different ball in some cases, mm. and expect them to be able to do the same job that they've been doing in Australian conditions, which are so vastly different. So I wanted to give Pat Howard a shout out there to say that this particular series of tactics and preparation seems to have worked. Yeah, definitely. And it, it was a is is hearkening back to and Justin Langer's mentioned it, Steve Wars mentioned it, Ricky Ponting's mentioned it because it's from their era. The 2004 t- tour to India is where mm. Australia won the first away team series in India in 20 years. And so they prepared. They prepared for it. That was Anil Kumble era era India. That was Sachin Tegger Era, era India. India. That was uh, Verinda Sehwag era. Like, an amazing Indian lineup, and they prepared 
18 months for that tour. They went, that's our next milestone. So we're going to look at the bowlers. We're going to look at the conditions. We're going to look at the balls that are being bowled. We're going to plan this out and we're going to make a plan and we're going to stick to it Mm. through every test match. We're going to bowl this length. We're going to bat this way. We're going to use our spin bowler, Shane Warne, this way. They brought McGill on that tour. They knew every single step that they were going to do on that tour. And they've tried to apply that here in England now. And it's working. It's working. It's definitely working. Let's hear the last little bit from Tom here. Despite all the doom and gloom, there is still a match to go. If England were to win it and square the series off at 2-2, it would probably not be a fair reflection of the balance between the teams. But of course, we are all excited about the Test Championship, said literally nobody ever. So hopefully (laughs) England can salvage some pride with the win. Stuart Broad deserves it for his exceptional bowling. Accurate. Ben Stokes deserves it for his outrageous batting. Joffrey Archer deserves it for his explosive start to a test career. Jack Leach deserves it for his eminent blocking and glasses polishing. And Jason Roy deserves to see his former team win a match as he watches from the sofa. I began this bulletin with a religious reading. So for balance, here is an extract from my Astrophysics for Children book. What? Around 13.8 billion years ago, the universe was born in a colossal explosion known as the Big Bang. Current scientific theory posits that this was, in fact, Steve Smith hitting his first cover drive of the day. This man has been batting forever. Since the start of time. Thank you, Tom. You are an absolute superstar. What an exceptional bullet. And he's a good team. sport. He's a he's a very he's good a sport. very good sport. He's a very good sport. Um, and he's a wonderful correspondent. Thank you, TK. I really appreciate that, mate. Spinksy, uh, we've got one test left to play. Uh, I think we've covered that last one really well. I just wanted to mention really quickly, um, Stephen Devereaux Smith. Uh, that one shot that he played down on one knee for a ball that was about 18 kilometers too wide to hit <laughs> and he somehow spanked it backwards a point because uh, he's a complete freak. Spinksy, can you give me your thoughts about the next test match um, and how you think we're going to do when it starts on Thursday? Yeah, definitely. Like the the oval is like almost as close to the definition of a flat track that you can get in England. I was looking at the scores for the last 10 years in tests and it kind of averages about 400 for a first inning score. It averages 400? Yeah, so we've had like Pakistan scoring 520. Like you've had South Africa scoring 480. So it averages around like 380 to 400 for a first inning score. So it's a good batting pitch. So England's screwed. (laughs) Like if there's the one pitch that will give David Warner a half century, it's the oval. Mm-hmm. If it's one pitch that'll give Steve Smith the requisite 304 runs to overtake Bradman, it's the oval. So they're not in a good spot, England. Mm. And I want to say, uh, go back to what TK was talking about, about Jofra Archer having a great start to his test career. He's also been pilloried in the last, especially that first day yeah. in Manchester, where it was windy, wind chill of about two degrees yeah freezing freezing cold he's in his like his third test match of all time and he's getting pilloried for not having the energy and then even Mark Taylor has come out and said that oh Joe Root and Joffrey Archer don't get along come off it maybe, maybe their relationship isn't very good it's been three games come on Tubbs Joe Root is an average captain but he's a nice guy oh, wow. Joffrey Archer is a great bowler but he's young Joffre mm. Archer will be one of England's most amazing bowlers of the 21st century. He will be. He's got the talent. He's got the skill. He's got the fitness. He will be great. This isn't his series. It's his first series. I'm really looking forward to the next time Australia's back in England to mm. see how Joffre Archer demolishes us. <laughs> he will destroy us in a way that Jimmy Anderson wishes he could. Wow. Wow, that's a prediction for you, ladies and gentlemen. Spinksy, while I've got you here and I'm grilling you for stuff, um, do you reckon the Aussies are going to take the Poms uh, at the Oval? It seems like you do, but I just wanted you to really put a fine point on that. They should. Like, everything points to they should. 
And we should take this 3-1. Yeah, we should. It, it's a flat track. The bounce is really true at the Oval. It doesn't take a lot of turn. Are you concerned about Davey Warner? Not at the moment, because we've got the Ashes. I'm concerned about Davey Warner when Pakistan comes to Australia in November. That's what I'm concerned about, David. Interesting, interesting. Is it true that David Warner and Joe Root are getting together to start a duck farm, Spinksy? They are, because <laughs> as, as, as we have heard is uh, Mr. Leach gets a Specsavers <laughs> donation because of his wearing of glasses on the cricket field. We've also heard that Jofra Archer gets, every, every wicket Jofra Archer gets, he gets a new diamond link on a bracelet or a necklace that he's going to get from a jeweler. So, Joe Root, with all the ducks that he's getting, is starting a duck farm. I love it, Smixie. With David Warner. Yeah. They're going to start a duck menagerie. Oh, menagerie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get them together. So many ducks. I love that. I love that. Um... Yeah, stop the podcast. Stop the podcast. Two for none fans, we have a selection shock. We have a selection shock. This is Pat and the Edit Studio just chiming in to let you know that Mitchell Marsh has been selected in the Australian team in place of uh, Travis Head for the next test, which is a selection shock. Spinksy and I did not see it coming. It's just been announced. And if Spinksy was here, I think I know what he'd say. He'd say, oh my God, not again. Chris Barty would say, yes, what a great opportunity. So, uh, folks, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to say. Um, he's been brought in to add some extra bowling on what looks like a very flat track. Um, okay, enough of the selection shock. Let's go back to what me and Spinksy were talking about yesterday evening. Uh, really quickly on Jack Leach. Um, the, so, the controversy this week, Spinksy. Oh, the controversy this me. week. No, we're doing it. We're, it's the 57th minute of the pod. We're just doing it. Controversy this week has been that Steve Smith wore a pair of glasses to sing the uh, team song on the grounds of Old Trafford after Australia won the game, uh, and the 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 theory being that he was sledging uh, Jack Leach for time wasting, uh, and then England still lost. Bucky, it's come out of the Australian camp that they were in fact impersonating Bucky Rogers, Chris Rogers, who also wore glasses while he batted. I heard an interview with Chris Rogers today. Um, on the great cricketer. He didn't help, did he? No, he did not. No, like, he was the, just like... the narrative from the team, the photographer, everyone was, no, this was Chris Rogers. And Cr- Chris Bucky Rogers went, I might have been a smokescreen. <laughs> yeah, he literally said, I might, I might have been a smokescreen. It was like, way to stick to the party line, uh, Buck. Like, he's not involved in the party line. He, he's just fulfilling his media responsibilities. But damn, Chris, damn. Yeah, that was some some tasty bands. Look, I don't want to comment either way. I'm on Chris's side, to be fair. He's like, yeah. sure, yeah. he might Smithy might have been impersonating Chris Rogers, yeah, yeah, because he's not involved in the Australian team at all in any capacity. But you know, we might have been doing it. But also, there were words heard being like, "Oh, come back, come back, no ball, come back, Smitty," and that's when he put the glasses on. Yeah. So it might have been about Jack Leach. Yeah. But and here's my point. Yes. Who cares? Great point, Sphinx. I, I would also point all of our fans to the Two For None Facebook page where I've posted a very, very, very good uh, Simpsons uh, <laughs> meme that has Mo throwing Barney out of the bar with Jack Leach's face on and then uh, Barney slash Jack Leach appearing behind him in the next frame. Yeah, uh, I've seen that meme once before in my life. Yeah. And it's also an England player bowling a no ball to get an... Australian player out. It was Sam Curran to oh, Dave the Warner date? in the Ashes in yeah. Melbourne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last I time they were in Australia. Yeah, yeah. And good. so it only ever pops up when an English player bowls a no ball to get an Australian out. But can I also say, please, a spinner mm. who bowls at maximum eighty-five k's an hour. Yeah, bowls a no ball, a full foot no ball. Too. Uh, like it wasn't even close. It was not. This wasn't a. Pat Cummins no ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. was a no ball. Yeah, it was serious. It was, you'd write home about it when you You should be sacked for that. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah. Like, not even Graham Swan got away with that. <laughs> he did that and got sacked. Yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. Um, Spinksy, that's bringing us to the end of the episode, mate. Uh, any final thoughts from you before we sign off? Yeah, I'm genuinely looking forward to the next test. 
It would be amazing. I would like Steve Smith to call, score 304 runs. I would, look, I would like Joe Root to score 304 runs so he can keep the captaincy for when England comes back to Australia. <laughs> I would really like that. Like, I would love it if Joe Root captained this team for about five years and they never win a thing. <laughs> Wow, that is some vicious stuff, Spinksy. I love it. Um, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't yet, make sure you go to the iTunes store and you like, rate, review the podcast. You share it with your friends. You get it in and around there. Chris Barty and myself will be back after the next test to review everything that has gone down, hopefully being a 3-1 Aussie win. And Spinksy, we will hear from you, I assume, in a tape. With- I'm going to be singing from the top of a bell tower in Sydney. Oh, I'm already excited. Be still my beating heart. Uh, Spinksy, thank you so much for joining me. Thank uh, you for having me. Uh, Hides, thank you for being around too. And TK, thank you for your excellent, excellent work there. We are out of here, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much. We will see you after the next test. And I have only one thing to say, which is... Go, those Aussies! Go, Australia! Go, Australia!